Welcome back to another episode of One Penny at a Time, and I am your host, Harris Elliott. Welcome to the final episode of 2023. As always, thank you so much for joining me throughout this journey that we've been doing on this podcast. I think we're at almost 70 episodes if you haven't hit it yet. Um, as always, uh, if you do like the content that I do provide, consider giving me a follow. If you're not following me yet as well, leave me a rating either on Apple Podcasts or through Spotify. Leaving me a rating does help us get this out there in the algorithm, and I would like to hear what you think about this. Um, before we go over today's episode... Um, we originally had scheduled a guest episode to come out, uh, for this week. Um, some scheduling, we couldn't make it work. I am going to make it work. Uh, we actually are going to record on tomorrow, Tuesday, but I'm going to release that episode in the beginning of January. As you all know, I always take the last two weeks out of the year off the podcast so I can refresh, spend time with family and, you know, do other things as that's just as important to me than this project that I've been doing here for about a year and a half almost now. So um, just so you guys know, right now in the calendar wise, I'll make sure to release some graphics here through social media. Um, we'll be off until Monday, January 8th. That'll be the first episode back on the new year. And we'll do a full portfolio review for that. And the week after that, we'll have the guest episode we had originally scheduled. So I'm going to have a really fun story to tell for this one. This kind of is a couple months worth of work into this decision that I want to do to make the portfolio smaller, simpler, and actually have a pretty cool story with this to kind of tie it in. So I think this is back in either late September or early October. Um, I'm in a I'm in a group uh, group text chat with my good friends uh, Russ Cannot from Dapper Dividends and of course Ryan Williams. We always bounce back ideas and thoughts and. You know, if somebody's about to jump off the ledge of one of their holdings, we kind of bring them back or it's like, you know what? Go jump off the ledge. You're fine, right? Um, I've been tossing around the idea of selling out of my XLP ETF, which is for my consumer staples. Um, reason being, um, at least when I had the discussion back then with them, was I'm really overexposed to Pepsi and Coca-Cola through other holdings like SCHD. I have it in VTI. So... I was really trying to think about what's the purpose of holding this ETF. And I always go back to, you know, just a way to build out consumer staples. But, you know, I love Costco. And, you know, it just didn't, it doesn't make sense. Which then leads to, actually, this past Friday, I actually had a phone conversation with our good friends, Tom, the savings captain, and Radish over from the Money Happy Hour. Um... I just actually wanted to review my portfolio with Tom. Tom is an is an individual who has over 30 years of experience with managing portfolios. And I just wanted to talk to him and have that opportunity. And he was very gracious to give me his time. Radish was really trying to get me to buy Chewy stock. But Tom, you know, had to put his foot down with her. Um, so we're reviewing the portfolio. For the most part, Tom was really liking it. But he asked me two valuable questions here. And this really got me thinking over the weekend. He asked me about XLP. He goes, you're 31. Like, I know these are all mature businesses, but maybe, you know, I know you like Costco. Why don't you just maybe consider just going to Costco, right? And then in my mind for the longest time, I've always struggled with Costco in the sense of that it's an overvalued, it's a very overvalued stock. And I was saying that at $450, if I would have just keep building out Costco, I'd be up 
I think about like 40 something, 50 something percent. Uh, Costco is right now trading around the high 650s, actually 658.82. And we're going to get to the story of how we're going to sell out of XLP and how I want to put all that money into Costco. But before I get to that story, um, if I look at XLP, Target is in there. I own the individual. Kroger's in there. I own the individual. I have enough exposure to Coca-Cola and Pepsi. The only other holding I would maybe want to build out is Procter & Gamble, but I don't think it's time for me to do that right now. So I'm going to sell all of my XLP, and then I'm going to move that into Costco. I'm also going to sell out potentially of XLU, which is for utilities, and then I'm going to maybe do a split to move that into higher yielding stocks. And from my conversation with Tom, and he really put his perspective, he asked me, you know, you're 31, why do you have utilities right now? And in my mind, I've always thought about just having diversification, and he's like, you have time on your hands. You have time to really build out and compound stuff. You know, once you get to like your 50s, maybe see, or late 40s, maybe look at doing a transfer in. I value Tom's opinion. He's been doing this Wait, probably more than he probably been doing this before I was born, to be completely honest. So I'm going to take that man's, you know, his, his, his thoughts into consideration. So I main thing I want to talk about here is XOP. XOP, uh, yesterday we, uh, we went to Costco. I was telling my wife about like how like uh, like like div twit, like dividend Twitter, or like finance Twitter, or like like some of the jokes you make about Costco, about like the hot dog combo or about the parking lot or I made a tweet saying, I'm about to go into Costco. Can I, can I, can we spend less than $200? And I got a lot of traffic on that post and everybody was like, hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no, 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 no. One person was like, I actually went into Costco just to go get a hot dog and walk out. Godspeed, my friend, if you're able to do that. So, uh, for all my listeners who are Costco shareholders, no, we did not spend less than $200. We double that. So, um, if you, if we, Costco has good earnings, uh, give me a shout out, um, for that one. So I've always had this joke with my wife. Whenever we go to the grocery store, whenever we go to target, I always go like, Oh, we're about to go support our stocks. And she like, looks at me, she gets so annoyed with it. Like every time I go to target, I'll say it every time she like buys a, a Coke product, I'll say it, whatever it is. Right. I'll always put the joke in there. So after we do the shopping trip, and we sat down in the food court and we got her, we usually like to get a, a slice of pizza, you know, just sit down and eat. She actually came up to me and said, well, we're, we're supporting our stocks today. And I told her, um, well, technically, yes, technically, no. And she, she asked me, what do you mean? And I explained to her that we don't have Costco as an individual company, but we have exposure of it into an ETF. And I kind of explained to her, you know, what we have. And then she's like, why would we not own the individual company? We love Costco. We come here all the time. And then this is the first time that my wife is actually bringing investing into me. And for those who either have a life partner, a spouse, fiance, whatever, I think it's important to have these conversations, right? I said, my wife is not really big into investing, doesn't really know about PE ratios or valuation or anything like that. She, she always, she does know what a dividend is though. So it's, make sure she gets credit for that. But she started talking to me about like, Hey, you know, I love Costco and I think this would be a really good company to own. And she asked me why, what, what are your drawbacks on it? So I kind of explained with Costco, it's, you know, valuation, it's definitely a high valuation. And 
and kind of explain, you know, how that works and kind of going over some of the good things like how they make money, how their how most of the revenue comes from their subscription, like through their their you know, the membership you need to go into Costco. And then I kind of explained, you know, how their cash flows are doing, how their dividend growth is doing. She's like, this sounds like a no brainer to me. And yes, Costco is very overvalued. I'm not going to discredit that. But I said the same thing when I sold out of it over a year ago, just to put it into an ETF to make my life easier. I would have been up way more doing that than consolidating. And I know something that I think a year ago really paralyzed me. It's like, well, the dividend yields low, but right now I'm in my, my young thirties. This is the time to buy these compounders and let them let time do its magic and make my contributions. So the fact that my wife really, I think I have to, you know, Tom, thanks for giving me the advice, but my wife actually really gave me some insight from somebody who doesn't really know a lot about the market. And it's like, Hey, I would love for us to have Costco in our portfolio. I think Costco is a great idea. And that led to about maybe afterwards, like a 20, 30 minute conversation. She started asking, oh, you know, can you, so what do we have in our portfolio? I started going over some things. And this is like the first time we really had a really great discussion about stocks and everything. And we bounced back some ideas and how do we want to build that out on the future as a, as a married couple. And I, I like literally, I, I got so excited and I was like getting all like, like all hyper. And she was like, okay, calm down, calm down. But you know, that was amazing to have that conversation with my spouse. So I'm going to sell out of uh, Monday, you know, once um, market opens, going to sell all my XLP. I'm going to move it into Costco. Fun fact, even though this is not really a decision, um, I actually, if I buy Costco on Monday, it is before the ex-dividend date for their special dividend. They're doing a $15 per share dividend in January. I'll probably get about half of that because um, I think I could probably buy a little bit under half a share, a little bit over half. I have to see how much it plays out. Um, Kage, I know a guest on the podcast, he's probably doing backflip, backflips right now saying that I'm just going to individually the Costco. It's his favorite company. Another big thing that my wife loved, and it's like, she goes, I'd rather buy Kirkland brand products than buying like a main, you know, like a Procter and Gamble or whatever main product. Kirkland brand is good, like really good. And my wife is really the one who pushed me to do this. And thank you, honey, for talking dividends and investing with me. Um, before we close this out here, um, XLU, um, I did that because I just wanted to have diversification and the only reason I held it is like, okay, diversification, protection, you know, pays pays a consistent dividend. But I'm always going to be preaching about, you know, like I love receiving dividends to build out my portfolio, reinvesting and letting the compound happen. As I've kind of gotten better and, you know, grown and, you know, gotten wiser in like almost two years of investing, I think right now it's time to compound and get these amazing businesses who are compounders. And not focusing so much on like, you know, the yield, right? So I do have some high yielding stocks in my portfolio that, you know, I, I pretty much, you know, I really like and have been doing good for me. So for example, Main Street Capital has done really good for me. Vici is the real estate play that I am extremely long on. And it's my favorite real estate play. Realty income has not been the best, but it's starting to pick up again, which I'm very grateful for because that was, it was kind of hard seeing that paper loss on the portfolio, but it's been getting better. 
I'm just going to sell out of XLU and just do a spread between those and just keep building out the positions that I am long in. It's okay to make to make changes in your portfolio that fits around with your goals, right? Look, and I've always said it, when I first started investing, I did not know everything. And even today, I can tell you I still don't know everything, right? I'm learning every day as I go, but it's okay to make adjustments and whether you, whether the holding failed or if it was successful when you make the change, that's great. You make it a learning experience. XLP, I'm break even. XLU, I'm like $10 in the red. So if I take a $10 loss, I take a $10 loss. Boohoo, right? But I'm thinking about the 10, 15, 20 years from now instead of the one year from now. And that's the biggest lesson I think I've learned from this experience or making this transition into the portfolio. And I wanted to share that. And I wanted, you know, it's okay to make changes. It's okay to think about how can I make myself better 10 years down the road instead of making myself better tomorrow. And I think that's been a big topic for me in at least the last six months of this year is how do I keep making everything better for myself? That's all I had before I log off here. I just want to say thank you so much to every single person who has taken the time to even listen one minute of this podcast. I get so motivated every week to see everybody support. Um, I've been able to connect with so many people around the world um, and just being able to even start up friendships and, you know, planning in-person meetups with some with some fellow investors. I'm extremely humbled that anybody would give me their time because I know time essentially is the most valuable asset you have in your life. And you decide to give me a little bit of your time to join me every week here. And I truly appreciate everything. I'm excited for 2024 for the amazing growth that I'm projecting for not only myself and as an individual, but in the portfolio as a family man, as well as a podcaster, as a content creator, if you want to call it that. I don't know if I'll do TikTok dances, but maybe I, I really want to incorporate short term, like short video content next year. Um, it's something that's been on my mind. I think this year, what I really wanted to focus on was how do I, I, I know then the podcast part of it, that's like my bread and butter. That's what I feel like I'm good at. How do I make this good before I get onto another project? If you would have asked me in 2022, I wanted to do five things at the same time. And my wife kind of had to walk me off the ledge. Like, look, one thing at a time, take your time, like get good at one thing before you do another. And I'm grateful that she gave me that advice and that I actually listened. I'm very stubborn. Um, so I do appreciate that I actually took her insight onto this and it's been helping me be, you know, be successful into this. I will see you next year. Have a Merry Christmas, have a happy holidays, have a happy anything that you celebrate. Spend time with your family. As I always say, we always know our birth date. We never know our death date. I will see you on the next one in 2024.